This is the Yahoo Finance Sportsbook Podcast. All right, welcome back to Sportsbook. And it is not the basketball season. It is the NBA offseason. And yet NBA in the news via LeBron James, who, uh, like a precious few other big, big athletes, just seems to be in the news all the time, all year round. It's kind of the comparison I always make about the NFL. There's sort of no NFL offseason in terms of NFL news. And the LeBron James news cycle similarly seems to last all year. Now, this time it originated from the president himself. This is last week. President Donald Trump tweeting, LeBron James was just interviewed by the dumbest man on television, Don Lemon. He made LeBron look smart, which isn't easy to do. I like Mike. So a lot to unpack there. And as if that isn't enough, LeBron being in the news for political reasons, LeBron being targeted in a Trump tweet. There is also a lot of LeBron business news this week. Uh, Showtime announcing on Monday that it will be doing a three-part docuseries, executive produced by LeBron, called Shut Up and Dribble. And there you have, again, the LeBron business dealings mixed with the LeBron political controversy because Shut Up and Dribble is a reference. It is LeBron taking the insult and owning it and reclaiming it to something that Fox host Laura Ingram said way back in February about LeBron. Of course, she was saying it as a criticism, but now LeBron is reclaiming it. Meanwhile, in addition to the Showtime show, LeBron has a show starting this month in August on HBO called The Shop, where LeBron and other big-name athletes and non-athlete celebrities, including Jon Stewart, discuss things in a barbershop format. So it's worth getting into LeBron's business dealings. It's worth also using that as an opportunity to discuss his stature, his significance to the NBA. We've heard some players praise him, say he's such a role model, but some people outside of the NBA think that it's too much, that athletes maybe shouldn't get this political. And a good person to talk about it with us is our recurring guest and friend, Alex Raclean. He is a fantasy basketball writer for places like RotoWire and DraftKings, and sometimes his stuff appears on Yahoo. Hey, Alex. Hey, Dan. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. You are just the guy to tell us about this, uh, sort of separate from the fantasy stuff. You know, it's almost like, of course we know that LeBron is the best basketball player. I mean, we don't have to do the Jordan-LeBron debate, although it's funny that Trump mentioned Jordan in his tweet. It's sort of neither here nor there, but he's saying, I like Mike. You know, my own take is I think LeBron is the greatest ever. But even separate from his on-the-court play, the significance of LeBron seems to get bigger every year, which is remarkable considering that he's been around this long already. He's been with so many teams. Of course, I didn't even mention there in my intro the move to the Lakers. I mean, this is like the LeBron year. Yeah, I mean, he's an, an incredible figure, in, as you said, in basketball and beyond. Um, and him signing with the Lakers this past month is only going to increase his stature and notoriety in case that was a thing that was, you know, some people would have doubted that that was even possible, but um, his, his profile is only, can only grow at this point, the best player in the league on one of the most historic teams in the league. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about uh, what the move means. I mean, I think you you nail it to say that some, most people would have said, how could he get any bigger? And yet going to L.A. does that. Uh, was there any downside? Is there any negative? You know, obviously there's maybe a select few who would, who would roll their eyes. He should have stayed in Cleveland. But I, I didn't see that much of that. For the most part, the Cleveland fans this time around were well-behaved, and they said thank you for the championship. 
But uh, did you see any downside for him in going to L.A., either to his reputation, his legacy, the future? Of course, some people make that argument of, oh, the Lakers would never be LeBron's team. You know, in terms of the, the historic, you know, players who've been there, the Lakers will always be the team. Uh, they'll, they'll always be first associated with Kobe, Shaq, and then if you go further back, I guess Kareem. Do you buy that? So, no. I mean, the downside here to LeBron is if LeBron were singularly focused on securing the title of greatest basketball all, player of all time without, con- without contest. You know, for 20 years, the basketball world pretty much just accepted that Michael Jordan was the best of all time, period, and sentence. And LeBron James has entered himself into that conversation as maybe better than Michael and you and I as well, uh, and many others think that he has passed Jordan, but we don't have that kind of consensus. If, if LeBron's goal was singularly to secure that title of unquestionably, unanimously, the best player of all time, this is not the best move for him because this is not the situation where he is putting himself in a position to win the most NBA rings. From a pure basketball standpoint, the fit is not perfect. There are places he could have gone where he would have had teams that are better suited to match his talents or that have more talent around him, and he would have been a contender for winning the NBA championship right away. And a lot of the people who aren't already converted to the LeBron's the greatest of all time. A lot of the people on that side, one of the things holding them back is lack of, is that he has, you know, quote, only three NBA championships while some of these other greats have more than that. But I think it's a a testament to his entire career and what he's done his entire life, which is he wants to be the greatest basketball player of all time, but he wants to do more than that. He won't shut up and dribble. He's more than just a basketball player. And outside of the pure basketball, I think this is a fantastic move because there's just no team with a bigger international profile than the Lakers. And his goal has always been to be an advocate for players, to be an advocate for you know equality, to be an advocate for minorities. Um, to, to be one of the best role models of our generation. And, and he, by being the star of the second largest city in this country, he is, he is putting himself in a better position to achieve those goals. Yeah, I'm glad we talk about sort of his role in the NFL too and, and the idea of him as a leader. You know, I, I want to get your take. Uh, a few months back, I was lucky enough to get Draymond Green in here for an interview, we talked about his own business interests. Mm-hmm. And then I also asked, uh, as I ask every pro athlete we get in, who are other athletes, either current or former, uh, you know, basketball or, or non-basketball, who have influenced you in your thinking outside the sport? You know, your sort of investments or your business approach. And he said LeBron, which I didn't necessarily expect since there's the rivalry and the, and the Warriors and LeBron. And But he gave him full credit and he said he is really... That is, Draymond Green said, LeBron has really opened the door for the rest of us to do things like this. And I thought, that's pretty straightforward, hard to argue with that. And then I noticed later when I tweeted that out, I was surprised. It was like a a strange 
result, I got all these Twitter replies from people saying, uh, hello, what about Michael Jordan? And like, uh, MJ? And it's like, uh, that was kind of baffling to me because, A, you know, by crediting LeBron, you're not discrediting Michael Jordan, but also to someone like Draymond Green, to, to anyone, I would argue, playing in the NBA right now, LeBron is much more relevant than Michael Jordan. I mean, Michael Jordan is that, that doesn't matter to them. That's like, but but it does remind you that the Jordan fans out there are just rabid. They they yeah. dismiss LeBron out of hand. But I just thought that was strange. I mean, do you think there are guys in the NBA who sort of aren't on the LeBron train at this point? Or it's kind of hard not to be. But are there guys who, who sort of think it's kind of too much? Or I don't know. I, what's, what's your take on that? You know, there are... There are 420 roster spots, I believe, and you know the bottom four or five spots are filled by a rotating number of players. So there's a, probably about 600 people who play an NBA game every year. In a population that size, you're gonna have people who aren't, who don't like or love LeBron, LeBron. But I think I gotta assume that the total number is less than 50 out yeah. of that 600. You know, you got. The people who grew up in Cleveland, the people who are just, you know, innately adversarial, and, or not Cleveland, the people who grew up in Chicago um, because they would have been growing up while Jordan was still king. Uh, you got the mm. people who are innately adversarial and, you know, the people who played Re- LeBron in a couple of times and just, you know, got angry at the way he played. And anyone who's played a competitive sport knows that if you don't like the way someone treats you in that competitive sport, you might hold that against them as a person. Um, but uh, but it's it's a tiny, tiny fraction of the league. I think that most of the players in the league right now sort of grew up looking up to LeBron and yeah. idolizing him. Well, look at Ben Simmons, right? Yeah. And he's he's just been such an advocate for them. So many stars could or do... Um, take discounts and take less money than they their natural abilities would let them to take so that their team can build a better overall team. Um, Tom Brady does it. Uh, Kevin Durant did it. There, there are all these cases of players, really high-profile players, taking less money. LeBron James has never taken less money than the maximum allowed because he does. he knows that the spotlight is on him and that if he does that, every other player in the league will have a general manager sit down with them and say to them, right. what, you think you're better than LeBron? You think, right. you, you know, we've got to give you all of this? And so he, he knows that that spotlight is on him, and he really works to advocate for them. And so I think almost all of them love him. You know, there's, there's the Twitter fans who will go to, go to bat for MJ on any topic for anything forever, but... It's 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 a it's almost it's almost pathological. It, it's a weird. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder, like, I wonder if they, you know, I I don't know. There's something going on with those people yes. at some point. It, you know, you started by weird. talking. It is. You started by by talking about how how um, Trump brought MJ into this. Yeah. His tweet, and I think part of that is just sort of his ability as get to get people riled up and knowing that if you yes. put LeBron and Michael Jordan in a tweet together, you're going to get more replies than if you just have one or the other. Right. But, and we don't even have to get into like how, as if saying, I like Mike, 
it negates, you know, insulting LeBron. It's so strange. Right. But, um, but it, there's outside of basketball, there is no comparison, comparing these two individuals. In right. basketball, within the basketball world, we can debate that for hours. When it comes to stuff outside the basketball court, Michael Jordan, you know, quit. He had problems with gambling. Um, he, he just never did anywhere near the level of advocacy and community involvement that LeBron did. They're not on the same plane. When we talk about international awareness, too, you mentioned that earlier, and we talk about being a global star. You know, LeBron has these shows debuting. Uh, there are some past players who were particularly famous globally. Kobe, weirdly, Stefan Marbury was really big in China. Yeah. Um, I'm with you. I mean, I think even more than Michael Jordan, of course, business people might argue and they say, well, look at Jordan Brand, the shoe, it's everywhere. But I think even more than, than MJ right now, LeBron is the biggest athlete on the planet. I mean, you know, there are only a few in that conversation, Serena Williams, Tiger Woods. But I just think in terms of recognition, fame right now, he's, he's the most famous athlete on the planet. Let me ask you, though, is there a risk of becoming too saturated? I mean, I mentioned HBO and Showtime. He's also executive produced shows for stars. He has his media platform uninterrupted. He just opened a school called the I Promise School. He owns a piece of the Liverpool soccer team. He owns a stake in a pizza chain, Blaze Pizza. Is this possibly too much at some point? Might some people get LeBron fatigue? I don't think so, is sort of the simple answer. I don't think so. I, I, I don't... I don't I don't have I don't know how how to sort of dwell upon that. I just if you like what he's doing, you you want more of it. Um Yeah. And if I don't know. I I'm not I've never really bought into the idea that we can get, you know, we can get saturated on things like like that. Right. Now, of course, the um the retort to that, we were discussing this on one of our Yahoo Finance live shows recently. And my colleague Dan Howley brought up Shaq. And he said, you know, at some point he got sick of Shaq. Now, I, I don't actually think that the American public is sick of Shaq. I mean, you still see him in ads all the time. Ring, which Amazon bought for a billion. Gold Bond, I mean, I see him in ads all the time. Yep. I think there's a very small group of former athletes who, once they're done playing, are still ubiquitous and can be in ads and can get money from companies that want them to endorse their products and LeBron, I mean, obviously, without a shred of a doubt, will be there and will be among the biggest of them. But if we, if we name the current ones, I mean, there's Peyton Manning, obviously, although yep. I'm not a Peyton I fan. Say that. Um, you know, there's Shaq, there's Charles Barkley, weirdly. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there, there aren't that many. Uh, David Beckham, he's a good one. But LeBron will enter that group. Yes. Um, is there anyone else in the NBA currently that already, even while they're playing, you can see that they can be at that level when they're done Steph Curry he's so likable when he's playing on an NBA court um even though he's you know 6'3 and or maybe even taller than that and he can you know bench press more than any human any normal human uh you know you see him on the basketball court and he looks small and he looks compared to everyone else he looks tiny and so a lot of people see him as sort of a sign that, you know, skill and hard work, and, and it, it, he just feels like more of an everyman. Um, 
even though he, you know, grew up the son of an NBA player and had literally every advantage you can possibly have to become <laughs> an NBA player. Um, you know, he was getting literally NBA caliber coaching when he was five years old. Um, but the way he plays, his style of play, his personality and his physique, uh, I think it just lends him him to a very likable persona that I could see him lasting. But at the moment, he's the only one that com- that sort of jumps out. Uh, it's way too early in his career to say anything about Joel Embiid, but right. I could see him joining that um, level eventually. But but I think the the point you were making a minute ago about Shaq and and your friend who said that they got Shaq fatigue, I think there's an important difference between Shaq and LeBron, which was Shaq had a shtick, has a shtick, mm. is a shtick. Mm. Shaq, Shaq is a goofy character, and he created it, and he fostered it, and he played it up, and he got movie deals because of it, and he got advertising contracts because of it, but it doesn't feel 100% honest Um, because you know he's trying to play up this persona. Uh, And I I don't say that judgingly. I I play up my own persona when I'm with people. Uh, When you're playing in the NBA. (laughs) (laughs) But I don't – there's no shtick with LeBron. There's no persona. He is who he is. He is a hard competitor. He is someone who speaks his mind and says what he feels. Um, he, he, and I think because there's no shtick, it's a little more human and it's harder to get that. It's harder to wear out. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, when we talk about the shtick or lack of shtick, and you mentioned Curry, both Curry and LeBron, and of course the NBA writ large, uh, a lot of people think it has helped fuel NBA's popularity, how outspoken on social media the athletes are compared to, say, baseball. But both of them have been political, have tweeted political things, have given their political opinions. Uh, as I mentioned, you know, he's, he's co-opting the, the insult from Laura Ingram, and it's the name of his new show on, on Showtime, Shut Up and Dribble. Is there anything at all to be said for Shut Up and Dribble? I mean, put more nicely, but I'm asking, is it at all possible that even though it seems like LeBron can do no wrong and he's so well-liked and he's getting all these deals and he's doing TV and he's universally respected, is there any risk to speaking out about politics? I don't think so. I think I, it has the potential to irritate some population in the short term. Hmm. Um, when we're talking specifically about basketball, when we're talking specifically about Curry and LeBron, I think that the people who are most likely to be irritated in the short term don't overlap heavily with the people who are NBA fans. So the people that in the short term you're you're irritating don't hurt the NBA or or the person all that much. That's not to say zero, but I don't think it's got much of an impact. And over the long term that's what helps these players' legacy more than anything else. Um, I, I, I think I remember your dad talking to us about Sandy Koufax not playing baseball <laughs> yes. on, on Rosh Hashanah and on Yom Kippur. His, his, uh, <laughs> his favorite example ever in sports. Yeah. I, I mean, 
I, I don't think I've ever had a conversation with your dad about baseball other than Sandy Koufax <laughs> taking the high holidays off. They, these are things that will make these players remembered and their legacies survive for decades, whereas their on-court production is something that will only be remembered by a tiny segment of the population and for a much shorter period of time. Hmm. Yeah, and it makes them relatable to many. Almost, yep. It's almost like even if you don't agree with their politics, at least you see that you know, they care about current events, they have these opinions. Um, we're talking mostly about basketball, but because we are touching on the politics and, and you think there's no downside for these guys, it is important that we mention, I mean, over in the NFL, you sort of have the opposite example where even though I think it can sometimes seem, especially in the sort of media, Twitter, and, and NBA Twitter echo chamber, like everyone reasonable thinks that, of course, it's wrong how the president has stuck his nose into sports and has politicized sports, even though it can seem like everyone agrees on that. We know and we have evidence, thanks to the NFL ratings dip, that at least partially there are many people in the country who do think it's okay and do agree with Trump and do think that athletes should not be using their platform to give political opinions. You know, it's like I always caution whenever I touch on this topic in stories and on our live shows that, of course, the reason NFL ratings are down is not only because of the kneeling. It's a lot of things happening at once. It's macro business trends. It's declining viewership of live sports. But I think it is widely agreed now that at least some part of the ratings dip was caused by this political controversy. Maybe that was some people saying, I'm boycotting because I don't like that some players are kneeling. But maybe it was some people saying, I'm just sick of how political it's become, regardless of my politics. Mm -hmm. But because of what's happening in the NFL, does that give any, you know, sort of opposite argument to, you know, maybe it depends on context, maybe it depends on the sport you're playing, but is there anything to be said for in some sports, the athletes do risk something by getting political? In some sports, yeah, I think there is some amount of risk. Um, I, I think that, um, I think that the, I think that the difference in viewership and the difference in just the demographics of who are football fans versus who are baseball fans versus who are basketball fans. I think there is, I think that the risk definitely increases for a baseball or a football player compared to a basketball player. Yes. Um, I think that, I, I think that the biggest risk for a football player right now isn't the fan base but it is the definitely not collusion wink wink nudge nudge collusion <laughs> um amongst the owners who you know there are now multiple starting caliber players um who are not on nfl teams because of their willingness to take political stands um you know, it, it, Colin Kaepernick's the big name, but um, Eric Reed is still a fantastic safety, and he's not on a team. So, you know, there's definitely a risk in terms of just being frozen out. Um, I, I just, I can't help but think that over the long term, the, the, it. I mean, it depends on what you what you're concerned about. If you're concerned about your wallet, then yeah. If you're concerned about your legacy over the long term, I think your legacy is helped mo is helped more. 
by saying what you feel. I, I don't know, maybe yeah. that's just like a bleary-eyed, optimistic view of the world. But Well, but I think for now, and we're talking about LeBron, he exhibits it. He definitely does. And I, and I think in the NBA, there's, there's just so, so the downside is teeny tiny. Yeah. Well, he is fascinating to watch. He's a leader. He is making so many moves off the court that it, it's almost like, oh, my goodness, how does he have time for basketball? Uh, let me wrap this way. You are a fantasy guy. You know, we've been talking mostly about everything but basketball performance. Uh-huh. But this coming season, uh, let me put you on the spot. Who are a few sleeper picks that people who play fantasy basketball should be watching? Um, I really haven't haven't developed my deep dives yet but sticking with lebron i think lebron's going to be significantly overdrafted as much as mm. i love him as <laughs> a player and as a as i like i love what he's doing um i think that his regular season fantasy production is is poised to take a significant hit i think that Giannis antetokounmpo is poised to take uh, a bit of a leap um so i, I think he is in consideration for the number one overall spot this year, which would be a, a bit of a jump for him compared to last year. Um, and, you know, I, I think another, I, I don't I think that I'm very, a lot of tombs are doing some very interesting things. I'm very interested in several players on the Jazz and on the Nuggets uh, to see sort of how that rotation how their rotations align, but players like Gary Harris and Donovan Mitchell could join the top 25, top 30 this year, uh, yeah. which be, be a big jump for both of those guys. I thought uh, Spida Mitchell, as he's called, had a pretty good argument for Rookie of the Year, but whatever. I, I Yeah, he had a good argument. It just was the second best argument of all of the tennis. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then my um, our, our own, as Boston fans, Jason Tatum, uh, was terrific as well. I mean, obviously, it wasn't all season long, so it made sense that it was Simmons, but, yeah. man, I think Tatum is only going to get better and better. Tatum's another one who, you know, his fantasy stock is definitely rising. Oh, yeah. Well, Alex Raclean, thanks as always. Uh, he knows his basketball stuff, people. You can follow him on Twitter, at Raclean, R-I-K-L-E-E-N. Thanks, Alex. Thanks for having me, Dan. Good Okay, and we love talking about LeBron, uh, the controversy, the politics, the opinions, his persona, his impact on the game. Let us know what you think. We want your opinions, and we want to hear the impact on you as a sports fan. You can always tweet at us, email us, comment on the stories that we write about the podcast episodes, and remember to rate, review, and subscribe to this, the Sportsbook Podcast. We come out every Thursday. Thanks. Bye. Bye.